Hello coders, I'm back. Welcome to episode 153 of the House Code World podcast. This, as always, is live. It's Thursday the 21st of April. I had my birthday yesterday. Woo! And uh, yeah, I'm back. I'm back after several um, <laughs> several weeks of being away. I uh, have had a cold and uh, I lost my voice and I had to take a couple of days off work. I'm slightly better now. I've still got this whole cough thing going on, but uh, it's not COVID. It's not the uh, it's not the Rona. Don't worry about that. I've been tested. Uh, so today I want to talk about um, the difference between managed versus um, like self-hosted services. I am making a decision in the how to code well space, and we'll get onto the change log in a minute. But I'm making a decision in the in the coming, I guess, coming weeks. Um, on whether or not to use a, a particular service or t- type of service uh, and and either use that as a self... Uh, let's not beat around the bush. I'll talk about... Okay, so continual integration. Uh, what I would like to do is, is have some continual integration where either I'm hosting it and it's picked up by some, uh, you know, merge requests, mergers and PRs and stuff, uh, where it's testing the, the work, or whether it's a managed service where the whole Git re- repo is stored and that's managed and maintained. Um, and builds get triggered off of that, which then build the Docker containers if there are any. Anyway. Um, so I'm going to make a decision as to whether or not to use particular services um, that are paid services or whether to host it myself. And uh, I just thought, well, you know, as I'm building up this pros and cons list of uh, the, the the advantages and disadvantages of, of self-hosted versus managed services, I might as well do a podcast about it because it's a, it's a topic that I'm I'm interested in right now from a from a I guess from a business standpoint. But before we get into any of that, let's get get into the changelog. <laughs> Excuse me, I am going to have to cough uh, and take sips of my drink tonight. I apologize. So uh, last week we, um, or was it this week? I believe it was this week, Tuesday. Ugh, this this whole week's gone. We had a bank holiday Monday and a bank holiday Friday, and it's just screwed the week. Um, so I don't know where I am. This is a Thursday, right? I'm supposed to be doing this. Yes. Uh, so uh, on Tuesday, we did a... Uh, we, we finished the second pass of... Or was it the third pass? We finished a pass of the PHP login course documentation. This is the next course that I'm building. There are 10... I've mentioned this many, many times, but I'll do it again. There's 10 tutorials. Um, each of these tutorials I will record in video format when my throat is better and I sound less like a character off of Sesame Street. And what we've been doing in the, I think in the last eight uh, live streams, we've been going through the documentation and rebuilding the course in the project on parallels on a Windows machine. And we've we finished it we've 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 got to the last tutorial and that was completed on tuesday so what i want to do on on <coughs> on sunday this sunday is on the twitch stream which happens around 2:30ish 3 o'clock uh 
I would like to just run through the whole project in one blast from start to finish. Um, well, as, as much as I possibly can do, just to just to knock out any kind of um, possible typos. I've been doing this all live, and I'm fairly confident that everything is working as as expected. But this is just me being a little bit overly cautious. And then after that, what what I intend to do is tag the tag the project so that becomes version what one and then from there um uh that is the that is the first version that is available for this course this course teaches uh php sessions logging in logging out secure areas uh header redirects all of that good stuff um and then next tuesday if the everything goes as to plan we will be starting a new course, building a new course on the Tuesday show, next Tuesday. Um, so that will be fun. <clears throat> now, even though I'm back today, <laughs> after many weeks off, next week, <laughs> I'm sorry to do this, next week I uh, won't be having a podcast on Thursday. However, I'm going to try and do something, try and do something possibly on the Friday. And um, I will have to let everybody know on Twitter as to whether that's going to happen. This is because on Thursday, and I really hope my voice is better for this, um, I'm giving a talk at uh, PHP UGMRN, which is a, a PHP uh, user group. And that talk is on PHP Stan and uh, Code with Confidence using PHP Stan. I've given that talk uh, to several user groups, and I'm really excited to give that one. That's happening next Thursday. I'll, what I'll do after this show, I haven't done it yet because I'm just a bit unprepared, is I will put the links to all of this stuff in in the description. And of course, this goes out to the podcast players um, uh, once this is done. So I'm recording this locally and then I'll edit it tonight and then I'll push it out to uh, Spotify and iTunes and all of that other good places where you get your podcasts from. Uh, and I'll provide the links to the show notes in there. So that's the change log. Um, you know, that's basically what's happened in the last few weeks. I've been ill, so that not a lot. Apart from one thing I haven't got on the notes that I should put in, is that we have sent out a newsletter. <coughs> now, this is something I haven't done in a while. And this is because I was feeling a bit frustrated when I was off ill. Um, because I wasn't actually providing any content, how to code well content. It was very dormant. And I thought, well, one thing that I could do was a pod is, is, is regen the newsletter. So there is a newsletter available. And I am hoping, touch wood, that I will continue that on uh, every week. And what I've been doing, or what I've done in the last week, and what, I'm, what I've already started preparing for, for uh, next week is um, provide a list of links of tips and tricks and blog posts that I read um, or have read in that in that week. So for instance, I was uh, struggling earlier this week with renaming a GitHub branch, a, a Git branch. Uh, I pushed up a branch to, um, to a place and that place had an automatic build um, that required I think it was a con naming convention and I had the naming convention wrong and I was wondering why my build wasn't working. So anyway, I ended up having to rename the branch and it's something that you just don't normally do. Um, 
and I needed to find how to do it. So I looked at, I found this article that helped me do it. So it's thing, it's little tips and tricks like that, that I've got, I'm going to put in the newsletter as things that I've found useful for me. Maybe it'll help other people as well. So yeah, I'm hoping that that's going to continue on uh, each week. Anyway, let's get on with the show, shall we? So <laughs> he says, coughing. Um, what I would like to do is talk about the whole managed versus self-hosted um, sort of set of services. And I guess, first of all, I should define what they are. Like, what does that mean? Like, what what is a self-hosted service versus what is a uh, a managed service a self-hosted service is you know it, it it is what it says it is in the sense that you manage the service yourself it's self hosted which means that you have you are in control of everything from start to finish and throughout my career um i've had many uh many managed and 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 self-hosted services before so one 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 example is uh, back in the early days when I was using SVN. I um, when I started learning Git. This is how old I am. <laughs> um, when I started learning Git for the very first time, I was very confused with the whole um, non-trunk based. Uh, set of source control so the whole you know uh, decentralizedness blew my mind and I couldn't get my head around it so what I ended up doing was I created my own um, server space on, a, on on my own server which was in the office at the time to run git to then see how to do use that on other laptops and, and other machines it taught me why git was such a good idea but that I guess technically it would be a self-managed service and for i don't know probably a couple of months i was using that and i was using that in anger so i would have i would set myself up different github account git or not github git accounts for different machines um and i would you know i would have one account specifically for reviewing uh you know code and, and other things Basically, I went a little bit OTT on the whole Git setup. Um, certainly not like that now. And and the reason why uh, I I'm I'm just I'm not using that now. I'm using things like GitHub and GitLab and 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 Bitbucket and all of that stuff is simply because um, I do not have well the time or the experience and expertise to actually manage the servers that these things are on. That's why all of my code now, yeah, all of my code is pretty much on someone else's server. So, you know, GitHub, uh, Bitbucket, for instance. Um, and there, there, there was, there's another example where I've done this before. Um, I learned how to create uh, Docker registries myself uh, using the Docker registry, um, uh, Docker image, of course, but hosting that myself and I would have that internally and I had a server and that was all running fine <coughs> but same story same story um, once the operating system needed to be upgraded once docker needed to be upgraded or once git needed to be upgraded 
Um, I found that I was spending more time dealing with that and trying not to have downtime. And so I ended up um, uh, using, obviously, Docker Hub. And actually, right now, what I'm doing with How to Code Well, at least, is I'm paying for a Docker Hub. So I actually have private Docker uh, repos. So that, that that is a managed service that I am paying for. Which which, which is fine. Um, which is which is fine. I mean Docker Docker own Docker, right? So the, the Docker Hub. So you, you that's 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 quite a uh, that was a no brainer for me to 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 uh, use. There are other services, of course, that um, have Docker registries that you can uh, you can purchase and stuff. But recently, I've been looking into the the continual integration, sort of a pipeline, um, and seeing if there is a service that I could use that will help support the uh, continual integration of code. So, but what we started, and I've kind of digressed a bit as to what is the difference between self-hosted and managed. So we've talked about what self-hosted is and the fact that you have to host it yourself internally, as in you do all the updates yourself. Um, you are in control of how resource-hungry it is, that, you know, you have ownership over the downtime. It's all on you. Whereas, and the pros to that, I should say, the pros to that, um, is is obviously ownership and control and portability. You're not tied down to the another person's way of doing things, another opinionated way of doing things. It's not you know, it's not you. It's you know the protocols are up to you. You know if you want to go through a different URL to get to your service rather than someone else's URL, that's up to you. That's completely and utterly up to you. Um, there's also price as well, because you're literally not paying for someone else to do the thing that you can do. But there's also the fact that there is a massive time sink involved. So going on to the cons of, of self-managed is the fact that if there is an update and you're not in control of when those updates occur or when those security risks happen, and therefore, you will literally need to down tools to sort this problem out. If it's a a business critical security issue, right? If it's a, like a P one, then you you'll, you'll need to stop what you're doing, get this fixed. That's on you. That's completely on you. Um, also, the knowledge curve is huge. Like you you literally are in charge of everything from the system that it's running on to supporting the people that use it, <laughs> which means that you're, you know, you, you have to take ownership of downtime. Um, and there are, I mean, I, I'm certainly not going to name names. I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about um, uh, previous experiences in detail, but, you know, as a contractor, I have certainly worked in organizations where they have dedicated teams to handle their own self-hosted services because that's what they do um, or because of that that industry requires them to have that level of 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 um, in-house 
requirements. So, I, for example, I've I've worked in fintech, for for instance. Uh, I've worked for banks and stuff where that 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 usually is the commonplace where you have departments that just deal with their own infrastructure, and their own infrastructure is their own infrastructure. It's they're not they're not uh, it's not infrastructure from someone else, for instance. Um, so they'll be running all of their instances in house, and they'll have their own IT department to deal with those things, and and so forth. <coughs> and in some cases, that's a requirement for them, right? Um, and the 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 requirement of something that is highly secure is something that is definitely definitely needed, and, the, and therefore they they have the time and they hire the people that know the things that they need to know. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum where it's like, you know, a one-man band, i.e. me, for instance, who is trying to build this How to Code Well platform, um, I don't have the expertise, I don't have the time, and I don't have the money to hire anybody with those. And so I am more attracted to um, a managed service. So a managed service is a service that is managed by someone else or, you know, a company, for instance. <coughs> and um, the pros, the pros uh, for that is that the ma maintenance is handled by experts. The, and in, in terms of the Docker hub, for instance, it's, it's, it's uh, made by the people who make Docker. So, you know, you can't get any more expert than that. You also have support as well. Um, so this is where we get into like the packages, the different package, pack, some of the package requirements and stuff. Um, some of them give you higher levels of support. And this is telephone support or email support or ticket support, um, which is great. Or you also have scalability. So for example, you could, you could have, um, you could be in a team that is growing and it's growing rapidly and that uh, rapid growth when you're do dealing with something that is self-hosted uh, is going to be difficult for your small little team of people to handle the amount of requests or support or what have you around this service that you're trying to keep up and keep running. Um, this is all done by the company that is managing your your service, which also means that the ownership and the blame of downtime is not on your shoulders. It's on their shoulders. And so the higher the package you go, that you may have certain SLAs in place, uh, service level agreements, um, that say that, you know, the downtime is, can, can, can only hit this, this, be in this threshold. Um, and, you know, there will be this set of repercussions or, these protocols that are are uh, enforced, you know, depending on various different scenarios and whatnot. I mean, that, that that's a very custom intrinsic sort of, uh, you know, I've only been, I've only worked in a couple of places where that's been in play, where the, um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, um, so the cons, of course, the cons, the, so the, Basically, there's trade-offs on either way, but the cons for a managed service is downtime. So, uh, downtime is a con when it's self when it's self-managed, but it's also a downtime. It's also a con on um, 
on a managed service because uh, not everyone's perfect and not everything is going to go perfectly all the time. There will be downtime. And because you don't have control, it's basically up to the people who manage the service to bring it back up online. So, I mean, we've all been there, right? Slack's gone offline and it's like, oh, okay, I can't actually speak to my colleagues anymore. Um, or, you know, Facebook goes down or Twitter goes down. Not that they are sort of business com tools, but, you know, it's, a, it's, the, same, it's the same sort of scenario, same sort of deal. Also, you are leaning towards a, a, a model where you, well, leaning towards is probably not the right way, way of putting it, but you're basically hooked in, right? So um, take AWS, for instance. So with AWS, they have hooks in their own other products. So when you use one product, it's not as good as using all of the products together. Because all of the products, it's like Apple, the Apple ecosystem, where a, one Apple product on its own is not as good as all the Apple products together. Um, with AWS, it's kind of similar in the sense that, you know, the this product that AWS offers um, works okay on its own, but it's actually really working well with the other thing that AWS offers, which means that your prices go up your, and, and so forth. It's a different... Obviously, AWS is a very different pricing model to like managed services, but there are managed services in AWS, of course. You know, like for instance, the uh, their um, Aurora databases and, and and other big things like that. But what I'm saying is that that um, you're you because you've you you're embedded in that service. Any changes that they make to that service, you kind of have to go along for the ride, and you you. The, the more embedded you are in the service, the less likely it is for you to leave because of all the uh, complexities of moving away. Unless you make a decision right at the start to say, you know, you're not going to use all of the features that are available and the only features that you are going to use are the features that, are, that mean that you're more portable going into other places. And that brings me to another point, portability, portability. So um, sort of leaning towards what I'm looking at at the moment is, in you know, the continually integration stuff. Um, I've used all sorts of tools in the past. I've used CircleCI. I've used Travis. I've used GitLab. I've used uh, GitHub Actions, um, all sorts of different different tools that I've played with. I've also used my own stuff as well. Um, you know, like uh, uh, pre-commit hooks and all of that jazz. Fine. It's all good. But the reason for me to look at this is is partly because of this uh, this PHP logging course that's, that we've uh, almost, almost finished. Um, because there's some uh, unit tests in that. And what I would like is to, obviously, this is a paid course. So um, I'm going to be obviously updating this course with whatever package versions and updates come up, come along. Um, so we're going to keep this course up to date. And throughout those updates, I want to obviously test that the code is working still. So that's why I have a bunch of unit tests. I also have code style ch checking tests. And uh, I I've also got static analysis, PHP stand uh, running on that too. 
And so what I would like is to have something that runs automatically when, when there is a pull request um, that I would put in. And, and yet, I mean, if you see me do it live on, on, uh, on the Tuesday streams, or even if you've seen me build the how to code well site on the Twitch streams, um, you'll know that I've got my own little sort of make command or composer scripts that do a series of tests. And essentially that's what I want to do, but do automatically, um, when certain things happen in the pipeline. Um, and talking about pipelines, I've also used AWS pipelines as well, blue-green deployments and uh, uh, what's whatever that uh, code bean stalk thing is. Yeah. Um, so um, that's that's my reasons, and also for the how to code well site as well. Now, for me in particular, um, I need to. How to code well? Um, I'm still debating over whether some of it needs to be op should be open source and some of it should be closed source. There's a lot of it that is well, mm, the majority of it is closed source. Let's just say um, the the documentation for the code notes, the code notes that are on all of the other courses that I've got here, uh, the free courses at least, they're all open source. There's no code to that because it's just documentation but there is always the possibility in the future of of how to code well building an open source project that has the mechanics that 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 has the requirement of the continual integration stuff that is open source so i have to be very careful here because whatever I choose needs to have the option of being both visible and private at the same time. Because what I don't want to do is I don't want to say, okay, all the open source stuff uses Travis and all the closed source stuff uses something completely different like GitLab um, with, with GitLab runners and all of that jazz. I would like to have something that is consistent across the board. It is only me uh, at, at this time on how to cope well. So, I want to have something that um, I don't have to content, context switch between, um, you know, different ways of doing this. And this is uh, this brings me to another point about the sort of the cons, if you will, of managed services. There is in some in some services, specifically around code uh, code integration pipelines, um, there are sort of opinionated ways of doing things. So here I'm talking about the difference between like circle CI versus GitHub actions versus uh, GitLab runners and Travis. So they all have their own way of doing things. And this is, this brings me back to that point of, of being in, embedded. How embedded do I actually want to be with these tools? Because the more embedded you become, the less portable you are. So one thing I want to keep in mind is that I might want to change from one tool to another tool. And I don't want that to be a headache. <coughs> like literally what, what I'm doing right now is running a, a make file or a composer command. And if I could get that running um, sort of a, on a, a, you know, as similar as possible with whatever tool I use, then that would be perfect. Whereas when I start leaning on the actual 
taught the actual settings and tools that these particular runners have, um, then I become more embedded with that particular one tool. Now, there is an argument to say, well, hey, hey Pete, you're paying for it. You're paying for the tool, right? So you might as well use all the features that that tool offers. But there is a flip side to that. And that, and that is that, that one day they may have a price hike that I just can't manage, or one day they may have a security breach that I want to just distance myself from, or one day they could have a series of outages and I just shrug my shoulders and go, you know what, I'm going somewhere else. And uh, so basically what I'm saying is that I always want to have a get out, uh, you know, a, a way out, which is relatively straightforward and easy. Um, but I know what will happen. Typically, I mean, I'm, I'm here saying that, that I want to have a, a way out that it's nice and easy, but what will happen is I'll still be using this service in about two, three years time and I'll be properly embedded with it. Um, I found this with uh, AWS. Like the more you used AWS, the more you loved it and the more you hated it, but the more difficult it was to go anywhere else. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and there's another thing as well regarding this whole, um, managed, and uh, uh, managed and self, uh, hosted services. The fact that, um, trying to, trying not to put all of your eggs in one basket. So for example, uh, GitLab, right? GitLab, I could actually host the Git repository on GitLab as well as have my own GitLab runners. You know, I could be completely in bed with GitLab. Like that could be that could be brilliant. Um, however, it w wouldn't that be diff more difficult if um, it you know if I wanted to come out of GitLab and go somewhere else. You know, do I want to have everything under GitLab, or do I want to have um, the code in GitHub, the runner in GitLab, or maybe the code in GitHub and the runner in Travis? I don't know. I don't know. I've used all of these tools before. I've used all of them before. And I really can't make a decision as to what I prefer. Because they all do relatively the same thing. One service that I probably won't use. <coughs> and this isn't because I don't like it. Um, I actually think it's brilliant. But just for the, the fact that they are a little bit too opinionated in my opinion... It's uh, CircleCI. CircleCI is really good, like really, really good. And I, and if anybody is thinking about using them, I would certainly give it a try. But in my opinion, it's just a little bit opinionated. Uh, in terms of like trying to come away from CircleCI, I found that a bit of a problem um, when I got too embedded in CircleCI. The other, the other thing is that, um, <coughs> excuse me, the other, the other issue. Uh, which I have totally forgotten because I've coughed because I was on a on a roll there and that finished. Uh, what was I saying? Um, <laughs> so I've spoken about the I've spoken about the price hikes, the security, the downtime, um, the support, the scalability, and the you know the way of that uh, the, the maintenance is handled by experts on the managed services. Um, there is obviously the risk of if there is downtime, then that's it. You know, you have to think about what it is that you're actually um, giving giving up, right? So in this case, it's going to be 
uh, repos. Now, you what you could say, well, hang on a minute. You, you know, what happens if GitHub goes down? You know, that is a managed service that you're just getting for free right now. So what happens if that goes down? You know, isn't that the same thing? And, you know, GitHub has gone down before. Um, that is, that is, that's not a, that's not a crazy idea, but that it has gone down before. But I find that the, the smaller companies, they go down more often. Um, but sometimes they're easier to get hold of in terms of support. So there's a bit of a toss up there as to, as to what to, what to use. Um, I'm always a little bit hesitant when, um, a company changes their pricing model um, and they 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 do it for teams. They're, they're, it's kind of like a team-based thing. As a one-man band, I often feel left out um, because the thing is, is I need to see how to cope well as a business. So therefore, it's not a, a developer with a hobby, right? So I can't use that package. But at the same time, I don't have anybody, any team working for me. So I don't at this present second, and I probably won't for, well, ever, to be honest, need the features that uh, a team will provide. So in terms of like number of seats, I, I don't need any of that jazz. I don't need any of that, that jazz. But it's when you get the email saying that, you know, this uh, this price hike has happened because of the fact that we now have this support for the a number of teams and all of this stuff it's more team orientated you've got better collaboration tools and stuff i don't need any of that jazz i don't need any of that jazz and i've just been stung with the price hike <laughs> so i need to be a little bit cautious there essentially this is what i'm going to be doing over the next few um few weeks really is to have a look at the um the pros and cons as to on some of these things and uh make a decision and try and do so with the knowledge that that decision might change in the future. So I don't want to be too coupled to this service, but also um, I need to think about the fact that in the future um, we might have open source stuff that's visible, closed source stuff. Um, there'll be there'll be um, courses that need this need all of this stuff on it. Uh, they'll have you know, the how to cope well stuff. There's quite a few repos there. Um, there's also the need for it to build Docker containers and uh, uh, to, to run all these tests and then build the actual Docker images and then send them off to Docker Hub. So there's all sorts of like uh, interwoven mechanics there that I need to consider. Um, and a lot of these things they do that they work on the whole sort of bill, um, billable seconds or something like that, where you've got like, um, you know, a number of seconds or, uh, or build minutes. Um, so I need to, I need to consider that. I want to see if there's anything that I can do to, to help speed up the builds and stuff. But I think that this is vital. I think I've got to a point with how to code well, where I, where I need this. Um, otherwise I'm going to just going to be relying on myself to run these, these commands, um, before doing the merge and I, I i i don't like that i prefer to have the continually integration pipeline um because i use one all the time right when i'm a, i'm a contractor i use uh, pipelines all the time 
and um, I, I think it's time for how to code well to have one. <coughs> I guess in terms of like, if I wanted to bring this in myself, how would I do that? Well, with GitLab, you could self-host GitLab, okay? I really don't think that I want to do that. Um, I was very tempted and there is a, a, a temptation, uh, especially when you see all the security breaches and stuff with not, 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 not uh, GitLab, but other things, other, other things where um, things happen, right? And you're like, oh, maybe I should be doing all of this myself. I was very tempted to just try it out. But based on my previous experience where I had uh, Git running and the Docker registry running in-house, I've also had um, internal email, that I, a mail server that I created myself, um, and all sorts of other services that I managed myself. Um, it's a pain in the ass to, to manage that and, and maintain that. And I'm always left thinking, you know, have I done enough to secure it, lock it down? I'm not an expert of this. You know, uh, I only have this amount of hours to deal with um, this particular upgrade. Have I actually done it correctly? So to, to give that ownership to someone else, to, to give that stress to someone else um, and, and pay a very small amount, sort of a monthly amount for that, I'm all up for it. And you know, hey, if things go down, things go down, and the likelihood is that it's not just going to be me that's affected, it's going to be quite a lot of people. Um, you just have to go to Twitter and just search for a GitHub down or something like that. <laughs> or GitLab down. Right, I am going to shoot off. Thank you ever so much for uh, watching. I do apologize about my voice. Um, this is a new microphone, by the way, so... It's probably not going to sound brilliant, but I'm hoping that this sounds better than the last stream that I did because the last stream I had the monitor mix wrong. So it was all coming out of one side and it was very, very quiet. So I do hope that this is a little bit louder. Anyway, thank you ever so much for watching. Happy coding. And I'll see you on, on uh, Sunday. Uh, I'm going to say about 3 p.m. Um, for the Twitch stream where we're going to do the end-to-end -end of the PHP login course. Um, going through the documentation, um, just I'm just going to basically read it and uh, and code it up as I go, uh, just to find if there's any holes that I've left open, um, and uh, and close those, and yeah, and then next Tuesday uh, we're going to start a new course. We're going to build that course, um, and I'll let everybody know uh, what it, what what that is. I've got I've I I already know. I'll let everybody know uh, soon because I need to do a little bit more prep work around that. And then, of course, on Thursday, we're not going to do a podcast because I'm giving a talk. At PHP, UGMRN. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes below if you want to join that uh, virtual meetup. <clears throat> and uh, I'll let everybody know as well on Twitter at How to Code Well on the next podcast because uh, obviously I can't do it on a Thursday. So I'm thinking maybe the Friday, but we'll see. Take care, everyone. Happy coding. Bye-bye. Cheers.